We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, here we are now, of course, a day removed from the Broncos' fourth loss of the season, 31-21. To the New York Jets, um, I'm curious to to know how you're feeling about not just that game, but where things stand for the Broncos one day removed, and then also whether or not you've seen any of the clips of how the New York Jets, uh, mainly the players, of course, uh, danced on the grave of yeah. the Denver Broncos, as it were, clowning them over the Hackett stuff. Listen, same way the Seahawks clowned the Broncos after beating them in week one uh, of last season. I, they they got the victory. They deserve to talk. Uh, that's the problem with writing a check that your uh, your bottom can't cash, Chad. And uh, Sean Payton couldn't do it, and uh, he deserves the blowback. In terms of how I feel about Denver, I've really pulled back on my outlook for the season, and I'm focused on the outlook for the future. So 2024 and beyond, it's obvious the season's going nowhere. It's obvious the Broncos need an overhaul. And it's actually easier than listing the players the Broncos should get rid of. It's easier to list the Broncos players they should keep. So here's what I've come up with, Chad. Tell me if you disagree. These are the players that they should rebuild around. Because even though I agree, tear it down, you know, rebuild it, listen that, you still need some players to rebuild around. I have a five deep list. And this is barring irresistible trade offers. Patrick Sertan, Nick Benito, Jaleel McLaughlin, Marvin Mims, and Quinn Miners. I think that's a solid five. Yeah, I mean, Quinn Miners, I'm I'm not as as hung up on in terms of of uh I'm I'll say this I'm not as convinced yet of his core uh value to the Broncos long term but everything else you just said yeah and even Marvin Mims like today Sean Payton he's asked about Zach on the conference call uh hey you know what do you do about this Marvin uh, Mims thing and you know how do you help a rookie that's so dynamic get past his his mistakes and he closed his comments with uh I think he's too big of a threat for us, and I'm sure it's something that weighs on him, and yet I don't want to take the stinger or aggressiveness away from him. 
So they'll coach him up, Zach, but he's going to continue to uh, go to him when the situation dictates, which I think is really what you have to do. I think he's right in that. Um, and he, by the way, did not attribute blame to Mims for the botched reverse uh, for what it's worth. So um, I don't know. It's It sucks to be five weeks into a season, Zach, on the heels of seven missed playoff seasons. And you're already talking about, you know, we are already talking about the future. It's very depressing. I I wasn't going to fall into the, oh, the Broncos are going 15-2 and two under Sean Payton, the same type of optimism as last year, but I damn sure thought they'd win 9-10 games, push for a wild card, and kind of break that curse. But uh, here we are once again. In terms of Marvin Mims, you're right. They have to keep going back to him, if only because he looks like a true alpha number one receiver going forward. And he's going to make mistakes. He's a rookie, but he's the most productive receiver the Broncos have. He's the most um, uh, physically gifted, I think, in terms of playmaking ability that receiver the Broncos have. He's also the receiver playing with the most heart. You see Jerry Judy on social media popping off. He doesn't really want to be here. I get that feeling. Cortland Sutton was out there jogging on routes. I mean, completely giving up. This is a captain of the team we're talking about, and it's a year. It's an issue multi-years in the making with Sutton. So Mims, they have no choice but to make him the guy. And the fumble on the punt, the fumble on the reverse, I understand all that, Chad, but he only had one target in yesterday's game that is unacceptable and that's a coaching issue that's a sean payton issue and the irony of that before we grab troy here the irony of that is that he willingly admits that he lost patience and he lost his discipline relative to the game plan in the second half abandoning the run to throw it and yet mims an afterthought i mean could you even call him an afterthought troy Thank you, bro. So good to see you. Uh, he says, hey, guys, love Sean Payton, but he's kind of got what was coming for talking about Hackett in the uh, broken off rearview mirror. Time to see who to build around with how the Broncos respond this week. Have a great show. And it's true because here's the thing. Was anything that Sean Payton said to uh, USA Today wrong? No. The problem is, the problem is, it's not just Zach, the violation of a, principle of not talking crap or whatever right it's it's more about and this was kind of i hate to say it now especially in retrospect but hackett's response to that if we can remember back to whenever that was july was talking about the coach's code right the coach's code is hey you don't uh you know you don't air any dirty laundry in public throw fellow coaches under the bus justified or not and so that is something he he did violate um, he fell on the sword immediately back then, but that genie was out of the bottle. Can't get the toothpaste back into the tube, and the Jets made him pay. He he said the, the comment that's coming back to bite Sean Payton was saying it was one of the worst coaching jobs in recent history or whatever he said. When you make a comment like that, you have to come out of the season, come out of the gates looking better. You can't come out losing to the Raiders, losing to the Commanders, getting the doors blown off you against the, the Dolphins. And then week five, Hackett comes back to town. You're in Denver. It's your house. And the coach that you talk crap about is on the opposing sideline. And you lose that game. You can't lose that game if you write that big of a check. So whatever Sean Payton is hearing right now, as much as I like Sean, he deserves it, Chad. He made his bed. 
Yeah, unfortunately. Guys, we see more Super Chats stacked up. BD, we're going to get to you, Sam Bam, Kyle Evans. But guys, a reminder here. All right, we're sitting at October 9th, and the MHH meet and greet is just around the corner, October 22nd. Myself, Zach, Scott, so many, Nick, uh, Eric, Lance, I mean, uh, so many members of our community, Luke, Tom, Ron, Dylan, we're going to be there at the stadium, uh, kind of the west end of, of things, lot E, you're going to see four big mile high huddle flags, a big blue uh, mile high huddle tent, come see us, come hang out before Broncos, Packers, and then of course, you want to make sure you can get to the game, right, it's always more fun, Zach, to be there live for Denver Broncos football if and when you can, especially on the heels of the meet and greet. So if you need tickets, Ticketmaster has got you covered as the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. That includes week seven. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app or uh, to, to ensure that you rep your team colors. So find tickets today, guys. Really easy. Uh, we'll, meet, we'll be meeting you. We'll be hanging out. We'll be having fun before the game. Make sure you get your tickets for the game, too. Don't overlook that. Ticketmaster.com slash Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, back into the chat. We've got BD. This is a man we've met at one of the meet and greets. Bradley, so good to see you, big dog. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. He says, hey, Chad, Zach, and Scott, I'm coming to the meet and greet with my niece from Wisconsin. She'll be the one with the cheese head. Uh, can't wait to see you, all of you, MHH. I'm sure this will be more fun than the game. It might be, you know, That's and and that's a, kind of a theme, Zach, of, of last night's show anyway, is that, you know, when things jump the track this far, we take we take enjoyment and we take comfort in just going through it together. So we'll be there to see you guys. It's going to be dope. Uh, October 22nd. It's in unfamiliar territory. The last two meet and greets, the Broncos were 2-0 and and 1-1, and I'm pretty sure. So the season hadn't gone off the rails by that point, but the game was always secondary to the actual event. And being out there with you guys, shaking your hands, telling you how much we appreciate each and every one of you for all that you do, you know, talking football, commiserating, venting, having a drink, eating some food. It's going to be an actual blast, and I can't wait to see you, BD, and everyone else out there. It's going to be dope. We've got also 
Sam Bam jumping in. He says, hey, guys, with a very generous super chat, by the way. Thank you, Sam. He says, hey, guys, Broncos suck. The Braves suck. I hate life. Time to start the Broncos rebuild. I know it's one of those FML uh, moments that we kind of find ourselves in. And if you are um, unlucky enough to have two of your favorite teams, um, you know, not doing well, that can, Zach, be additionally harsh. Well, I mean, if it's some solace, the Raiders are playing right now, so we have to hope that Josh McDaniels can take another L against uh, Green Bay tonight. That would be a, a modicum of relief. Other teams' pain is our uh, is our pleasure now. You got to split that. Come on, Sean Payton. Even if this team goes on to suck for the rest of the season, make the make both outings, Zach, against the Chiefs your Super Bowl. Make the Raiders. Uh, remaining Raiders game, your Super Bowl, like win back. I'll use your word, a modicum of pride for this team within the AFC West. Kyle, what's going on, big dog? Appreciate the super chat. He says at this point, tank for Caleb Williams. He's the best prospect ever to come out of the draft. From what I've heard, can't pass this opportunity up. Hashtag, uh, hashtag rebuild. It might come to that, my friend. It might, but Zach, I don't know that it will come to that by way of the Broncos brass, like, you know, stacking the deck in its favor, meaning, I mean, we'll see what they do at the trade deadline, but no one can uh, feasibly expect the Broncos to literally, you know, sell off all of their assets because they still have to field a, a, a roster. Uh, they still have to save face within the NFL in terms of maintaining, you know, uh, competitive integrity on some level. We shall see, though. But as it stands, Zach, you had a tweet on this. The Broncos currently, if the draft were next week, would have the what pick? Three. Third overall. So a little bit out of the Caleb Williams territory, and it's more like uh, uh, May territory, which he, he's a great quarterback as well. The Broncos would be uh, served really well if they ended up with uh, with May. But the season has uh, a, a lot of uh, ball game left. And I don't know, Chad, if the Broncos, as bad as they've looked, and there's no more easy or winnable game left on the schedule maybe maybe except the Patriots but even then I don't know though if they're going to be bad enough to get the first second or third overall pick but like I said last night I'm not going to actively root for the team to lose if they do I mean so be it but whatever happens happens I don't believe in tanking personally I think it's kind of a uh, a weak stance for a fan it's hard to see another win on this schedule. I mean it really is hard to see another win on this schedule and the worst the Broncos have ever, uh, we'll say the lowest the Broncos have ever, no, highest, sorry, the Broncos have ever picked in the draft was 2011. Number two, got Von Miller. Yeah. Uh, so that turned out well in the in the long run, but going back then, you know, fans were suffering, Zach, through uh, 2006, no playoffs, 2007, no playoffs, 2008, no playoffs, 2009, no playoffs, 2010, no playoffs. So you had a five-year stretch of you know the transition really between the Shanahan to McDaniel's era and then McDaniel's to uh, the early stages of the John Fox regime and that's when things began to turn and the patience the Broncos uh, faithful had was eventually rewarded Michaela Israel and her little man jumping in with the super chat to say hi this is Cooper I'm excited to meet everyone yes so are we dude it's going to be awesome uh, to see you but if the grades aren't up dude can't come right. if the grades aren't above board where they need to be Cooper. Sorry. You know, you got to take care of business. So make sure those grades are where they need to be. So you have no reason for mom to say, Oh, sorry. Got to get a babysitter coop. 
We'll see you. We're looking forward to it. We know you'll get them, bro. We do know. We can't wait to see you there, Coop and Michaela as well. It's going to be so much fun chatting to meet everyone. Sam Bam again, brother. He says, well, at least I had a good weekend of fantasy football. Hey, that's awesome, dude. Sometimes, you know, I've been there, Zach, over the years. I don't have time to play it anymore, but for a long time, many years, 10, a decade plus, I was a fantasy football player, and there was always that solace. If your team lost, Zach, but your fantasy team pulled out a win, it's like, all right, you know, I can make it through this week. Yeah, I was uh, one in three uh, going into this week, just like the Broncos. But unlike the Broncos, I emerged victorious in the MHH Fantasy League. So I, I echo that sentiment, Sam, completely. At least we have one good thing going for us. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got Doug Raquel on Facebook showing some support. Really appreciate you, brother. We also have Phil McLaughlin proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location it is a state of being saying thank you phil too saying how long before peyton stops the bleeding on defense and makes a coaching change is it after the chiefs hashtag buckham go broncos mhh for life i wouldn't count on it guys honestly i mean even today zach in the in the um conference call hey they gave him a layup the question was a layup in terms of explaining how you relinquished the number of yards you did to Brees hall and just let the jets run up and down schematically what's going on here and he's basically i'll paraphrase i mean i can we can direct quote him here if we want but i'll paraphrase and say it's not the scheme it's it's the technique it's not the scheme it's the technique slash effort is the other side of that implication so that's either something he's he's gaslighting us on and he's trying to kind of hide the pee for a minute and kick the can down the road till he can get through this short week which i doubt or that's really what he thinks he's going on you know players players technique which again, Zach falls to the coaches, get them ready, get them prepared. Exactly. Um, it's just still a piss poor reflection, pardon my French, on this coaching staff. No, you're absolutely correct in uh, in, in using that verbiage. The, the longer that Sean Payton, for whether it's ego or pride or if he genuinely feels that way, the longer that he defends and enables VJ, the more I'm souring on Sean Payton. Just a little bit at a time. I like what he's done overall with the accountability for the most part in the organization with the offense, but the defense is a train wreck. They're not going to fire VJ before Thursday. It's a short week. It doesn't make sense. Sean Payton, his first topic they talked about in the team meeting today was the rushing defense. The Broncos are allowing 187.6 rushing yards per game. They are 32nd in the NFL. They're also 32nd in points per game, yards per play, and net yards per game. Mm. If they are going, it, it's it's a, it's a shame, Chad. It's an embarrassment, and that's an understatement. If they are going to make a move, if they lose on Thursday at Kansas City, that mini buy, the 10 days they have before the next game, that would be the ideal time to replace VJ. But the longer he doesn't do it, it means one of two things. He either believes in VJ genuinely, which is a, a major red flag, or he's tanking and not making many bones about it. Or he just still can't relinquish the hubris uh, to say, I made a mistake. You know, this yeah. this was a bad decision. But right. guys, uh, got, a, got, got a message for you. Make Little Caesars, which is the official sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Pizza in my family, always a big part of game day. And I don't know about you, but especially with all the ups and downs with the Broncos, 
I work up a bit of an appetite on Sundays watching these hijinks and antics. So order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs plus all day Sunday and get ready for some football and fun. And you choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, Zach, everybody wins. I mean, speaking from experience, stress eating during a Broncos game is legit. And my personal um, food of choice, if Little Caesars is their cheese pizza or their breadsticks, uh, it's definitely a winner, unlike the Broncos. But speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Amen to that. Uh, Okay, where are we at here? So, Zach, I want to just grab this real quick, okay? Oh, actually, I got to find it. I don't find it. Well, I'll come back to it. This is what Sean Payton said on the that clip of Russ coming off the field after that fumble in the clutch, right? And Sean's like, and you could see him saying something like, throw the ball. It looked like to me at the time, Zach, he was basically saying throw it away. But according to him, that's not exactly what he was. That, that wasn't the, the gist of what he was trying to say. Here's a direct quote from, from Coach Payton today. Uh, quote, I don't think I was that animated. Every attention to exchange or discussions I have with Russ, I just wanted to make sure he knew the linebacker was a free rusher. So it wasn't as big of an exchange or big a deal, I think, maybe, as some may have thought, close quote. So um, playing it down a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. that. Yeah, 100%. He doesn't want to admit that they had some sort of uh, blow up on the sideline, or at least that he did towards Russ, because then the the narratives and the headlines and the national media would just be going crazy. But uh, it, he looked like he was pissed off with Russ, and you know what? He should be pissed off with Russ. He's not a second-year quarterback or a rookie. He's a $45 million a year captain, leader of the team, that can identify a free rusher off the edge. And the guy came completely untouched around the corner. Russell Wilson saw him, thought he could run away from him. He doesn't have the athleticism anymore to get away from oncoming defenders like that. Russell Wilson should have either thrown the ball away, stepped up in the pocket, done something. So for Sean to uh, ream him out, it was well-deserved. Uh, here's the quote in question, Zach, I was talking about on, uh, what the film showed regarding the run defense, the common threads in terms of how things continue to break down defensively week after week quote, good question. Just going through it. Our gap integrity has been poor in all three games. We got wide yesterday on that big run. That was the first topic this morning. In other words, this has been and it kind of cuts off. It's going to be tough to win games if we can't stop the run defensively, and we have to get it cleaned up. I'd start with uh, putting the right gaps and then understanding scheme-wise what we're getting and how to restrict those holes. A lot of it, it's not communication, it's technique, but that has to get better, close quote. So uh, it's still something that, hey, if it's a technique deficiency, Zach, the, it's still something that the coaches – have either missed or they're not emphasizing enough. I mean, uh, when coaching, what, what's that saying, Zach, in, in coaching? If um, I'm going to screw it up, uh, but you're allowing it to happen. Whatever you're either you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen, etc. And that's kind of where they're at right now. 
And if you allow it to happen, you become complicit in it happening. And that's why I'm starting to a little bit kind of sour on Sean Payton's approach toward the defense. Very Vic Fangio-like uh, in reverse, co- completely hands off and leaving uh, the defense in the wrong hands with VJ. But I was thinking a few seconds ago when we talked about the stats, when's the last time the Broncos had a running back that had 187 yards in a single game? I can't remember. It had to be quite a while. The Broncos are allowing that every single game. Every single player is struggling with gap integrity. It's not just Zach Allen or DJ Jones or Purcell. It's every guy. And when you can't even find one person to buck that trend, coaching, coaching, coaching. Uh, Indeed. Orange Bucky, indeed. Uh, There you go, big dog. Um, All right. Other themes on today's docket relative to what uh, Coach Payton had to say, Zach. I just want to read a couple points about how the Broncos are slash aren't protecting Russell Wilson in the passing game. He attributed it to a lot of down and distance situations. He said, quote, we were in some longer yardage situations. Uh, The play that you're talking about at the end of the game, so talking about the fumble, uh, was a five-game Uh, or pardon me, a five-man protection, so we're hot off the weak side linebacker. I thought we could have been a little stronger at tackle. The pocket got collapsed a few times, Quinn and Williams. He made some things happen, Russ, and yet with the zone coverage we were seeing, those immediate throws or progressions were slower because of the coverage. So cleaning that up, understanding where we are in the pocket, I think is going to be important. We're doing. Uh, we're going to periodically play a team that decides to be a little bit more coverage driven. Saw it in Chicago actually, and we're going to have to offset that a with ru- with the running game, but also with our ability to attack that coverage. Close quote. In a later part, Zach, and then I'm serve this over to you of that uh, same conference call. He also talked about how much two shell uh, the Jets were running in terms of coverage. So people lamenting no big throws downfield, etc. Jets really did a, tried to take it away, and they did, and the Broncos didn't have a counter. I mean, let's be real, though. The Broncos lost this game because of the turnovers, and Russell Wilson's fumble return for a touchdown was the dagger in that game. But the safety, I mean, these miscues where the Broncos shot themselves in both feet over and over and over again. And specifically with the O-line, if you watch the tape from the safety, Cushenberry got beat in the interior. Mike McGlinchey continues to uh, struggle with speed rushers. And that's on the O-line. They're still not nearly as good as we thought they would be. But on the strip sack, that was 100% Russell Wilson. You're a, what, 12th year pro now, whatever he is, Chad, and you don't identify the free rusher, and then you think and you have the bravado to think that you can get around him at 35 years old when he has full momentum and you're at a dead stop, he's still – and what's what's – What's really painful about yesterday's game is the 2022 Broncos offense came out and the 2022 Russell Wilson came out. He looked completely flummoxed out there. He was playing tight. He was playing scared, holding on to the ball too long, wasn't decisive. Whatever progress he made in the first four weeks completely reverted against the Jets yesterday. I know, man. You had guys like Vaughn publicly, even in the face of a a one and three start, before the Jets game, you even had guys like Von Miller saying, oh, Russ is going crazy, like in a good way, like he's going off. You know, and the Broncos, they have what it takes, man, da-da-da. And then, you know, step on a rake, and here we are. 
But once again, it comes down, Zach, on both sides of the ball to this team putting together a full complement of four quarters. Uh, on the subject of the root cause of every game thus far, having a good half and a bad half, Peyton said today, quote, look, if I had the answer, we'd be able to address it immediately. Certainly, we've had better or faster starts offensively in the first half, and we haven't in the second half. That has to improve. Yesterday, it was really the tale of two halves. Collectively, we did a lot of things well in the first half. We didn't score like we had hoped. Then in the second half, comes out, we come out, we struggle offensively. Defensively, we give up the big run. And all of a sudden, we're in one of these close games. Uh, so putting four quarters together is obviously one of the things I made a note of this morning. Close quote. Um, he doesn't know. He doesn't know why it's it's coming out in the wash this way. To me, Zach, it really does boil back to the defense. Uh, and I hate to make this sound like, you know, the defense fixing that is the cure-all because it's not like there aren't warts offensively and with some of these processes. But defensively, Zach, once – once let's say you're – you're we talked about this last night. You're Russell Wilson. You're the offense. All right, you've been clowned for the last seven years, even if you're not Russ – Anyone who's been in Denver longer than just this year, you know, they've been made fun of and clown for be having such an impotent offense. You get things going. You know, they've scored multiple times on their first touchdowns on their first possession of this season, which is something, Zach, we haven't seen in many, many moons. More evidence that Sean Payton is putting a dent on that side of things. He is moving the needle only to then. You're getting all excited. You're the offense. You're making hay. And then the defense just lets them go down the field. They just lay down and completely wipe off the, you know, erase what progress you just made in that play. And you're like, ah, oh, it's deflating. It gets to the heart of the team. It gets to the metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, and really the want to. You watch a lot of this stuff, Zach, in the, this season, but I'm just, we'll keep it with the Jets. You talked about Cortland Sutton jogging routes out there. Dude, it's a major lack of intensity, a major lack of effort. And uh, if Sean Payton can't figure that out, then it's going to be, unfortunately, a long season. But I do think that still boils down to the defense. you got to get that fixed, and everything else will start to level out a little bit. I mean, let's be fair, though. We've criticized Hackett and Fangio and VJ for this in the past. Where does the lack of intensity start? With the coaches. You have to have your players ready to play each and every week. And yesterday, it seemed like the Broncos didn't want to be out there. It seemed like they had no fight, no intensity, no passion. It seemed like they weren't buying into Sean Payton's program. And that's worrying because it's only now week six. But his answer kind of bothered me, Chad. He doesn't know. Sean, you're getting paid $18 million a year to know. You're the second highest paid coach in the NFL. We surrendered a first round pick for you to have these answers. And I'll, let's help Sean out really quickly, Chad, as to why they can't play complimentary football. You touched on it, the defense. I mean, making the likes of Sam Howell, Jimmy Garoppolo, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields look like world beaters. Brees Hall popping off 187 rushing yards per game, a 70 point. I mean, even Zach, someone pushed back to me yesterday and said Zach Wilson didn't do anything in the fourth quarter. I mean, I know he threw the pick, but he was making throws. The Garrett Wilson throw, he was moving the ball before that. Right. He also had a scramble where they just can't, couldn't get him off the field. So the defense is obvious here. That's why they are where they are right now. But the offense deserves blame too. You know how many passing yards Russell Wilson had going into the fourth quarter? I think it was 68. I mean, 
their first and second half all scripted. It looks really good, but the third quarter rolls around. They come out of the locker room after halftime, and it just dies. It falls off a cliff. The offense stagnates. They can't score points, and everything goes backward. Momentum lost and games lost as well. So Sean Payton, it's one thing to not know what's going on with the defense, even though he should, but the offensive side, man, you got to fix that's your forte. You're being paid a lot of money and you have a lot of clout and a lot of power in the Broncos organization. I don't want to hear. I don't know. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Um, and I'd like to hear a little bit more accountability, like holding dudes accountable, including Russell Wilson yeah. for a couple of rookie mistakes, the safety, which not only gave them two points and affected how things shook out in the, in the, in the clutch, but then you got to punt it back after your defense, you know, got to stop to, it's just bad, bad news. Uh, more to get into. And, and there's a specific comment from Doug on YouTube I'm going to grab here. Uh, but first, guys, um, got to let you know, we are brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from the Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, listen, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all new handyman right here. All right. Best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design, as you can see, and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use our code HUDDLE for 20% off plus free shipping zip. Yeah, I'll spare you the talk about undercarriages. You guys can see I have a lot of hair on my face, and Manscaped is the perfect tool. Not even just saying that it's genuinely true uh, for shaping up your face, cleaning up, getting and feeling and looking better. I would highly recommend what Chad is holding right now and all of Manscaped's equipment for all your grooming needs. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com using our code HUDDLE. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself a handyman from Manscaped. All right, I want to get this. It's uh, it's not a uh, this is a topic real quick, uh, and Flazify, you're next, okay? Uh, but this is a topic that continues to come to the surface for me, and we've heard it, guys. You know, we've seen it mostly from the opponents this season, but whoever co is is doing the color commentary on these games. When the opponent makes a good play in the fourth quarter, what do you hear? That's what it's about. The best players are supposed to make plays when it matters most for a team, etc. It's not happening for the Broncos with the exception of a fleeting moment in week four. Doug says, name one player that is supposed to be a superstar on this team that has played great. And I will say before I serve this back to you, Zach, Russell Wilson, I won't say he's played great this season. He's played well. He's played better than he's been. But what's your answer to Doug here? What's, I mean, name one player that's a true superstar on the Broncos. They only have one. If you superstar, not star, not good player. You mentioned Russ. I think he's been playing, you know, decently well, pretty good, but not great, not superstar level. And that would be Patrick Sertan. He's the true all pro, you know, he's the face of the franchise uh, for better or for worse. And even he, we talked about it before yesterday's game, even after yesterday's game, he hasn't been quite the same PS2. And I uh, chalk up a lot of that to being forced to play in zone coverage where he excels in man and VJ just insists on zone coverage. He had the pick yesterday. He held Garrett Wilson to minimal catches. I'm pretty sure a, a, a low um, 
uh, passer rating on Zach Wilson's part when he was targeted, but it's still not the same quality Patrick Sertan. So, Doug, whatever point you're trying to make, I uh, I echo it here. Appreciate the comment, Doug. Flazify, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by this. You're going to get some uh, hate bombs your way, but he says, go Raiders. Wait, what? I'm not sure. Like uh, thrown in the towel. I'm not sure. Thank you for the super chat, bro. Chris, appreciate you, my friend. Helping us keep the lights on means a lot. He says, it's time to rebuild. No coach can win with this roster. I disagree with that. I disagree. I'm not saying I disagree with time to rebuild. Sean Payton can win with this roster. Uh, you can't win with the defense constantly, constantly springing leaks. Just when you build a little momentum, you get the troops all headed in the right direction, your defense completely cuts you out at the knees. I'm sorry. So a coach can win with this roster. You've seen the ways that Sean Payton has in his regime has made improvements to what we've seen, especially offensively in third phase over the last few years. All right. Rome's not built in a day. We knew it would take some time. All right. We would, we hope those heck that whatever trial and error there was to be had would come in the first quarter of the season. And that still they'd win more than they'd lose while kind of ironing out the kinks hasn't happened because the defense is historically betraying every other component to the team. So, but that does fall on Sean Payton. I'm not excusing him. I'll quote Luke Patterson. Vance Joseph didn't hire himself, Zach. Exactly. Yeah. Sean Payton did, and he lay in the bed that he made. Um, I don't think another coach, coordinator, whatever, whatever changes you want to make would win a Super Bowl with this roster. It is pretty flawed. They have holes, uh, more holes than we thought they would. But I'm thinking, give the Broncos Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo, for example, head coach and defensive coordinator. They wouldn't be one in four right now. And you can even keep Andy Reid. I think, you know, he Sean Payton's almost in that territory and that same stratosphere. But if they had a different defensive coordinator, if it was literally anyone but Vance Joseph, what would the record be? At minimum right now, at minimum, two and two and two, two and three, two and three, three and two. I, I would say three and two, three honestly. And two. I really so, would. I would say three and two. That's how big the wrong coaching hire at a key coordinator position can alter the fate of a team. Three and two. And then if you're three and two, the season's not over. We're not talking about tanking. We're not talking about Caleb Williams. We're not talking about blowing it all up. Three and two, you're right in the thick of things. If you just would have made a different coordinator hire, if it was anyone but Vance, but it wasn't. And here we are. Indeed. Uh, we've got a uh, ronk sighting in the house. Of course, it's a sighting. We expect Mike every single episode because that's the kind of guy he is saying uh, good evening. Chad and Zach, the Mile High Huddle podcast, the aftermath. Go Broncos. The ronk strikes again. We love you. We appreciate you, big dog. Thank you. Uh, Zach, I want to grab this comment from Todd Ostendorf, who is a regular, keeps the conversation rolling for us every single episode on YouTube. And I want to reward him by helping him, helping us contribute to the conversation on the actual show itself. He says, it seems that either other teams are adjusting to Peyton better. Uh, it seems that other teams really are adjusting to Peyton better than Peyton adjusts to them. With the exception of maybe the Bears game, 
that's kind of proven to be the case. Although I do think the read on that gets obliterated just because of the magnitude of how bad the defense is. I hate to continue sounding like that, like a one trick pony single solution. That's it. But it's hard to get a read on some of the finer details when it's that bad, Zach. It's true. Yeah. The defense is skewing a lot and it's kind of covering up some of the offensive deficiencies and Sean Payton's own coaching foibles, including the ill-fated double reverse to Marvin Mims yesterday. I think it's more, of course, teams are adjusting credit to the Jets yesterday, their defense and you know, their offense as well for countering what the Broncos were doing. But I think it's a case of Denver outsmarting itself and beating itself on a weekly basis. I mean, the double reverse was the epitome of that. You had Sauce Gardner out the game. I think the Jets' top three cornerbacks on that play were out of the game. And you run a double reverse. I mean, you're just getting too galaxy-brained. If you were to just keep it fundamental, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. If they were to just adopt that same philosophy in the second half as they do in the first half, they'd be 3-2 and two right now, maybe, Chad. Indeed. 78 Leadhead, we're right there with you, big dog. Uh, on a positive note, Albert, the the uh, mile-high Dutchie jumping in to say Jalil McLaughlin is a superstar. Hey, he's he's uh, trending in that direction, I'll tell you. Um, it still doesn't – it's another example, Zach, of the question the, – the, the scratching of the head with Sean Payton going away from involving the running backs at all in the second half. And I don't just mean the in the running game. This is the only guy at, in this game, all right, that was giving you any juice, really. And you basically ignored him in the second half. Uh, but, hey, hopefully uh, hopefully that's a, a, a was a good lesson for Sean Payton when he talks about lamenting, you know, going one-dimensional Zach and, and being impatient with his play calling and all that. I'm, I'm guessing that the, the McLaughlin thing is a factor in that calculus. I'm so happy you brought that up. I mean, tacking on to my previous point about overthinking things, the Broncos also go away from the players that got them there. So if the Broncos are up in the first half, they completely ignore the players that reached the end zone or contributed to that success. Jaleel McLaughlin is one. Marvin Mims is another. I mean, Sean Payton... To use your expression, Chad, I think he feels always he's the smartest guy in the room and that he knows better and that his plays are always going to work. He might have been told that while he was an analyst for Fox that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but the harsh reality is it's a new NFL, it's a new era in terms of defensive play, and you can't be so rigid to think that you can call the same plays you did five or ten years ago with Drew Brees. You have to adapt as well and lean on what gets you there, and he doesn't do that. There's a uh, there's another 78 leadhead I want to grab here in a moment, but first we're grabbing Mark uh, Borquez Jr. Apologies if I butchered your last name, my friend. Welcome. Thank you for the for the support on Facebook. What about the middle linebacker position? Yeah, it's a it's a pickle, dude, because Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell, they give you some veteran wherewithal. Josie's a good on-field kind of general. He's a good defensive signal caller, but the lack of speed, Zach, has been just brutal. That lack of athleticism has been brutal. <laughs> Been saying it for years, Chad. I mean, the, as much as I've bemoaned not having a right tackle, I've been praying 
every single year for some athleticism at inside linebacker. And I was not jumping over or jumping through hoops when they're trotting out again, Singleton and Jewel, who are the same exact player. They're workmanlike. Uh, they're good locker room guys, but they're not what's needed in today's NFL. You have to have a Fred Warner who can literally run uh, toe for toe with the fastest receivers in the NFL, sideline to sideline, up and down, left and right. The Broncos can't do that with Singleton and Jewel. And Sanders is way more green than I thought he would be. Yeah, Mark, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate you. Um, I want to grab this from Flazify. Then I'll grab this uh, comment from 78 Leadhead. Thank you again, Flazify. He's saying, I hope the, hoping the Raiders win for the better draft pick. I see. We should have uh, hired Sean Desai. He, Flazify, wasn't big on Rex Ryanzak as a coordinator option. You know, Rex Ryan, similar to uh, Wade Phillips, Lousy head coach, always a competent, productive coordinator, though. And in uh, in retrospect at this stage, like, I would really like that dude's um, veteran experience and his swagger and his unwillingness to accept any BS, cut right to the point, accountability, all that stuff. And we're not seeing it, even a modicum of that, Zach, from this defensive staff. I would have taken Sean Desai, would have taken Rex Ryan. I would have taken Chad Jensen to be the Broncos defensive coordinator because I'm pretty sure, Chad, they wouldn't be historically bad if you were the one with the headset on. So it's all hindsight now. It's, you know, 2020. We Most of us thought better, though. I mean, most of us could see that even flirting with the idea of bringing... It'd be like this, Zach. Hey, here's the play call. You ready? Don't lay down. <laughs> Stop the run. Stop the run. Stop Brees Hall. Don't let Justin Fields be perfect in the first half. If they would have hired anyone, it would have been a better result. And most of us saw this coming with VJ because when someone tells you who they are, believe them. I'm being plagued by a singular fly that is driving me nuts, dude. Parents, I'm sure you understand this when you have children, teenagers included. Hey, go take the trash out. Go do, go do this. Go do that. They love leaving that door open. And then, oh, the flies. But thankfully, in the Rockies, fly season's about over. It's going to be getting cold here pretty soon. Hopefully, though, it's not till after October 22nd. Uh, Flazify, appreciate you, bro. Zach, we're about out of time. Let everybody know uh, any burning topics that we haven't gotten to. Questions, get them in the chat. We'll do our best. 78 Leadhead. Mike McGlinchey is the right tackle curse eternal, rearing its ugly head again. The right tackle curse eternal. Might find a way to use that on a T-shirt. I like it, Leadhead. Uh, but, yeah, he's been, once again, like another one of the big disappointments. Right tackle. I mean, I don't know. I thought he was going to be about as close to a sure thing of solving this curse eternal as, there, as the Broncos would have had, you know, uh, available to them turns out the the curse was wearing on this cat as as much as any of the his predecessors the broncos have made the same mistake at right tackle they've made it quarterback for 
years now, which is not developing their own and trying to make someone else's trash their treasure. And they paid a lot of money for Mike McGlinchey and other teams cast off. And there's a reason why San Francisco was okay letting him go. And I thought he'd be great for this scheme, but he's not nearly justifying that contract. And it would be nice one of these years if the Broncos would just draft a freaking offensive tackle. I don't even care if he turns out good or not, Chad, but you got to at least draft one. They haven't done that since Garrett Bowles in 2017. That is six years without drafting an offensive tackle. I, I can't even verbalize how ridiculous that is. Yeah, who who drafts Garrett Bowles and, and says, we got it made in the shade. No more tackles were ever. You know, for the next half decade, we're not going to draft any more tackles. Uh, Tom, dude, what's going on? Been a minute up there. North of the 49th parallel, a bona fide hashtag state of being member of our community says, Hey guys, I'm still a Broncos fan. Barely. If Vic Fangio started drew lock in front of uh, Teddy Bridgewater, where would be, we be right now, guys, probably in the same spot in terms of how the deck would have, you know, how, how, how things would have unfolded. Wanted to believe in lock. I don't think that he had the right, you know, he was a flawed quarterback. No one, no one here ever said he wasn't, but you could have gone Zach with Drew Locke in uh, 2021 instead of Teddy and just let Teddy be the backup, the veteran kind of stopgap. But you still would have been thrown into the wolves with Pat Shermer as your offensive coordinator, which means you probably still would have lost uh, quite a few more than you won. Vic would have been shown the door. Hackett gets the hire. The rust trade probably still happens. And we'd probably still be in the same position, at least relative to the standings, Zach, and the quarterback position, et cetera. Just can't believe it's October 9th in the year of our Lord, 2023. And we're talking about Drew Locke, Vic Fangio, and Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, how did we regress to this point? It's like an adult becoming an infant again. Um I don't know. I think you're right. They would be in the same spot. And I feel like even if they would have started Drew that year, there was never any chance for success. That environment was way too toxic. I mean, he was literally playing for a coach that didn't hide the fact that he hated him. I mean, he, he legitimately did not like Drew Locke. And I don't like P. Carroll. I don't like the Seahawks. They are my mortal enemy now. But I'll give Carroll credit for one thing. When Locke had to come into the game last week for Geno Smith, what was P. Carroll doing? He wasn't ignoring him. He wasn't chastising him. He was pumping him up. He was slapping him on the chest. He was giving, giving him a pep talk. He was getting, getting him fired up because that's how you tap in to a player like Drew Locke. And what did Locke do? Came in, let a touchdown drive. It was never going to work out in Denver with Vic Fangio and Drew Locke. You couldn't even script a marriage worse than those two. Beyond Pete Carroll's obvious defensive acumen and managerial skills, the one thing that really has always set him apart as a coach is that enthusiasm and his ability to pump his guys up and get them to play with belief and intensity. And, you know, that's a valuable thing. And I think Broncos fans are seeing that right now, how and why that is so important in this equation we call pro football. Lance, two days in a row. Love it, dude. Thank you, big dog, for your support. He says, we lay a lot of the problems of this team at the feet of the defense. I know we all want to see Russ Ball. But let's run the damn ball and control the clock. Keep this defense off the field. Uh, indeed, Denbrock's for life. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. I think Sean Payton's coming to uh, that reality. I don't know what made him, Zach, 
kind of lose his composure relative to his play calling, um, the, the game plan that he had structured. But if that wasn't a little bit of a wake-up call, I don't know what will be. I mean, if it's a third and short, I mean, just run it. Hopefully, Javante's back for Thursday, but run it with P. Ryan. Run it with McLaughlin. Don't call a double reverse. I mean, just get back to the simple, the fundamentals, the basics, the elementary, the football 101. I mean, I can rattle off cliche after cliche. If he can just stick to that, the things that the Broncos are built around, they'll have a better afternoon. But pride's well, a bad thing, Chad. Sorry. Well said. No, I'm the one jumping on you. Um, last one here, guys, and then we got to get going. Well, two more. This one, and we got the Papa Bear. Uh, actually, I'm going to grab this Papa Bear real quick, then we'll grab Phil. Really appreciate the super chat, David. Good to see you. Good evening right back at you. He's saying buck them times three. That's what the B to heck with it. Still, buck them. MHH for life. Love it, David. Looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks, bro. Phil, appreciate you, big dog. He says, I read a quote from Sean Payton saying, he wants the Broncos to, quote, dig deep before the Chiefs. Good Lord, we are in deep enough a hole already. Get rid of VJ. Yeah, I hear you. It's a it's an ironic choice, Zach, of words, um, considering the hole the Broncos find themselves in. But um, like you said, uh, it, there is some logic to if you're going to make a change at defensive coordinator, doing so after – this game where you get kind of a mini buy uh, is your best chance to do it while you still might have a puncher's chance at turning the ship around. Yeah. I don't know what else uh, you want him to say here, Phil or anybody else. I mean, it's, it's typical for a coach that's one in four or their seasons on the brink. They're facing Kansas city on Thursday. I mean, it's just a typical cliche coaching mantra. We'll know Sean Payton's true intentions after the Kansas City game, assuming they lose, which I think we most uh, most of us think they will. If they fire VJ, I mean, we'll all celebrate them holding the the main party accountable for the one in five start. It would be if you don't fire him, then it's obvious that you either are all in on VJ genuinely, which again is a huge red flag, or you're keeping him around as a scapegoat to get a better draft pick and get your quarterback of your choosing. We'll know after Thursday. That we will. Mike, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate the ronk. And again, I'm going to say it. Hope to see you at one of these meet and greets in the not-too-distant future. And of course, guys, we want to see as many of you as possible. October 22nd, that's week seven, Broncos Packers. Outside the stadium, Lottie to the west. Uh, look for the big blue MHH tent. Look for the big MHH flags flying, and there you shall find us. It'll be a gas. But we got a few messages for you, then we got to go. That was another tremendous installment of the MHH podcast, the aftermath of the Broncos' week five loss to the New York Jets. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, like we're always rocking each and every day, each and every podcast, be like us. Check out MHHmerch.com and get your swag on. If you haven't, be sure you drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you're on IG, you can follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle and make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch. 
each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That's right. Uh, Orange Bucky, he's going to be at the meet and greet. Stoked, stoked. Can't wait uh, to see you and meet you, my friend. It's going to be dope. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight on YouTube. Troy, uh, BD, Sam Bam, Kyle, Michaela Israel, and Cooper. Keep those grades up, big dog. Uh, uh, Flazify, Chris, Tom, David, Lance on Facebook, Doug, Phil, The Ronk, and Mark. Much love and respect. Guys, because it's a Thursday night, you won't see us, uh, the, the MHH podcast, between now and the gut reaction. However, tomorrow, building the Broncos on the bright, or on, in the evening, Broncos for breakfast on the bright. Mile High Insiders Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday morning, of course, to kind of get things rolling. Broncos for breakfast again, and then we shall return. Can't wait. See you all Thursday. Have a great start to your week. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.